Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have one of my best friends in the world in the studio today, Sam Dobbs. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. We, I mean, I was there at the conception. Of, not there, but I remember the conception of this podcast, and now I get to be on it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and this is not Sam's podcast debut because she actually had a five-year running Supernatural podcast called The Road So Far. Yeah, Supernatural right? The Road So Far. Yep. Yeah. Um, so she is a pro, but this is her first time debuting on the radio. So hey, yo. the radio gets to have some Sam Dobbs in their life. But um, uh, Sam and I have been friends for, is it close to 10 years now? I would say 10 years. Yeah, I was thinking 2011. Yeah, so we worked at seven counties together in a in an office the size of a shoebox. So we, luckily, we liked each other a lot. Yeah. I feel bad for I've, the third person who is always in my office. I just feel bad for them. Yeah, I remember because it was kind of one of those things where we live in a world where like you were thrown together, you had to like each other. If we didn't connect, the type of people you and I are, we both would have been like, ah, excuse me, I need to move, please. Yeah. No, but yeah. it was, like, the whole reason I like the job, and I'm still nostalgic about the job just because I got to, like, chat with my best friend all day yeah. Well, um, that, while the... we were, like, processing, doing mindless paperwork, basically, <laughs> just, like, chatting yeah. and doing paperwork. Well, and it, I mean, it just kind of, the best friendship developed there. I remember one time, I don't remember what I said because, as we will talk about ADHD, I have impulse complete like lack of control of impulse with my mouth so I said something that hurt your feelings and you were just like hey can we talk about that and we went outside we were at work and it like we hashed it out and I was like I'm really sorry this is what I meant I don't even know if you remember that we were like no. in the little foyer when you enter the building oh I remember we had a fight where we were in the foyer yeah and I was just but I mean we ended up kind of like resolved enough to be like we're agreeing to disagree but then obviously it didn't affect us but it was the first time somebody came to me and was like look you have to be responsible Responsible for what you made me feel and I was like oh wow okay I take that so it's like it's so enlightening well like you were having to learn how to be friends with a sensitive bear like me yeah which is amazing because then I was like oh I'm a sensitive bear so like these friendships can exist people will like me yeah, yeah. like you can ask people not to hurt your feelings <laughs> even though it's like yeah I know my feelings get hurt really easily but when I trust people enough then I'm I'll, I'm willing to like be vulnerable and let them in on the fact that like oh actually yeah that did kind of sting like yeah you know well and two if you if if you're a decent human being I mean if you're listening to this podcast you're going to be the type of person that was like I never meant to hurt your feelings and you will probably correct that behavior not only for that person but for everybody in your life because you're like that can trigger something. And I think when you are emotionally aware, you need people in your life. In fact, I have some demands to make of you guys when we get later into the, <laughs> into the episode because asking for accommodations is the best way you can advocate for yourself, in my opinion. Totally. Um, so Sam now actually works for the Seven Counties Crisis Hotline. It's Seven Counties again, right? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I always get confused. Um, so she actually works in the Crisis Hotline Um suicide prevention mm -hmm. super important stuff and like sam has talked me off of the ledge <laughs> many times i talked about one on the show recently where we just had that night recently with just super yeah. bonding sesh where you were just like therapizing me and i needed it <laughs> so bad i was just in stuff such like a rough place um 
And yeah, Sam is also just the most amazing, generous human. Like she carries around supplies for homeless people just <laughs> as a regular that. thing. Um, so yeah, she's a sweet angel from heaven. That's oh. my intro for you. Well, I will take it. I love flattery. <laughs> um, but and also, she always like... looks really cute. Her makeup and her outfits are always on point. Thank you. So I've kind of come to the life, my life, um, in the last couple of months with this ADHD diagnosis that I'm like, everybody telling me that I can't be boastful or people that are not happy. And I'm like, yeah, I am those things. And I, I work really hard to be those things. So I, I will probably be considered conceited or boastful. But after 34 years of not liking myself, I'm like, okay, you guys had your time. It's my turn. Yeah. Yeah. No, trying to like yourself is like one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that a lot. That's why, um, yeah. I mean, even like I'll do certain posts on like Facebook or whatever, like, you know, I'm basically celebrating a success or some achievement. And it's like, yeah, I just want to show that I like myself too, like yeah. because I've spent so much of my life being like, I suck. And yeah. so if I can say, hey, I don't suck, I'm great. Like, I'm going to take the opportunity to do that, even if it looks a little conceited or boastful. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know what this fear is in our culture of being arrogant. Like, I, I can't even think. I can think of maybe one person who i've met who was extremely arrogant um it, it was me yeah and it's and it's you and we need to have a talk about it um just dropping that bomb on you right here but i like i don't know i don't know why it's such a fear in our culture of like and especially for women you're taught that you need to be like humble about everything and mm -hmm. like really our problem is that we all hate ourselves and we need mm -hmm. to love ourselves a lot more so mm -hmm. yeah. let's start being arrogant guys for real like i'm let's so walk that line you know and and maybe because so for listeners i think we've maybe seen each other i don't know if this is too telling but um completely coherent, if you will, about two times. And both of those times have been work functions. So you and I don't really know each other. Like we know how to have fun and we know how to communicate and have a great time together, but I don't know Emery, which is also weird because you were introduced to me as a lifelong nickname from your best friend. So I'm just like, I don't know what to call you. So, <laughs> but here with my, my new acceptance is just like, you tell me what to call you. I'm not, this is yeah. responsible. You want to be called something that's on you. Yeah. So. Um, and to, so for listeners to know, Sam was talking to me, not Lizzie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been weird. Yeah, because I'm looking right at you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I, I'll slip and call him emo on the show yeah. sometimes, okay. too. Yeah, it's pretty common. I've been called emo since I was 10 years old. That's 24 years. Uh, it was just a nickname that started in elementary school, and it's continuing on. It's the first three letters of my name. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, fun to say and stuff. And But I was never like people would preface it and be like, well, he's not like an emo kid. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, actually, no, he does have a lot of emotions. <laughs> Once that depression hit, it was like, <laughs> like hey. Oh, it's kind of fitting. <laughs> Emo's not my aesthetic. It's my personality. <laughs> if we ever get podcast famous, you just got to change your name to emo because it's so perfect. Yeah. Like, being the mental health guy who's named emo. Well, you can imagine me after I think I met you at like 1 a.m. So you can imagine the state of mind I am at 1 a.m. And and so emo's coming. Emo's going to be here. Everyone's excited. Emo wasn't going to come. And then I was like, okay, I had a very clear picture of you in my mind. And you can imagine. <laughs> I don't know if you have like where your listeners kind of know your look, but um, it's the exact opposite of emo. I would say like picture of Brad. And that's kind of the way you look right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's not a dig at all. That's common, yeah, right? Yeah. But yeah. 
I could see you as a Brad. Okay. Well, it's Lizzie and Brad. Who's the show? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to our first segment. Well, we got to get is, business. Oh, we got to do business first. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go on. I know. I got to do on. my business. We have, we have extra business today, too. Brad's got to read the business. <laughs> <laughs> so you're listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 106.5 Forward Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Google Play. You can also find us on social media platforms. On Facebook, we're Two Nuts in a Pod with the two TWO spelled out. And on Instagram, we're Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two, because it's cool. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, Two Nuts in a Pod. You can also email us anytime, day or night, 24 7, Two Nuts in a Podcast at gmail.com. And we've said it before, we'll answer between one and 100 days. One of our many interns will answer the email. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I have a special announcement to go along with the business. So, Forward Radio. Our lovely home here is having a Zoom talent show that's coming up. Uh, it is on April... April 10th, right? <laughs> April 10th, I believe, yes. April 10th. So it's a fun way to help lift all of our spirits while supporting Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, which is Louisville's all-volunteer community radio station. And we recently became a 501c nonprofit, so that's exciting. So you're going to enter our Zoom talent show coming up in April. It's free. Plus, if you're the winner, you win $100. Pew, pew. I want $100. I would love $100 I don't right have now. any talents, but... Yeah, that's the problem. If I could just, like, cry on mic for, like, 20 minutes... <laughs> oh, if, like... if crying is a talent, watch out. <laughs> if you like, Lizzie and Brad win $100. <laughs> uh, we also want you to spread the word among all your friends and social media links. So, yeah. So we're looking forward to seeing people on April 10th at 7 p.m. April 10th at 7 p.m. Sorry, I had to read writing that was really small, but... We got a Zoom talent show coming up. Yeah, and go to forwardradio.org if you're interested in signing up for the talent show. Yes. We need your talent. Yeah, we're looking for talented people. And we're you get 100 bucks. Talent. Yeah. Don't let Z- Lizzie and I win with crying. Yeah. Don't it's just going to be too <laughs> pathetic. Are you kidding me? We win a talent show by crying. So it just won't go over very well. I yeah. think you have to time the crying very well, right? Cuz the first 60 seconds of crying is going to be super intense and uncomfortable. And then you kind of wean into maybe some sobbing where then you're like, "Okay, I feel that." And then you kind of do the <laughs> I can't believe I've just sobbed on stage, yeah. right? So if you pace out the sobbing, I think that you can get a real emotional reaction. Yeah, yeah. I agree. With with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could do 20 minutes of crying. I also, you know, I could probably invoke a panic attack for this thing. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be good. That would really help our chances of winning the hundred dollars. Yeah, because can you... we can we do this? Get in the Zoom talent show? We can. Yeah, okay. it's open to everybody. Right. Um, I know some programmers are going to be in the show, but also people from the community are going to be in the show. Um, yeah, maybe that's my talent. I'm pretty good at having panic attacks. Okay. I don't, I don't want to be braggy again. I'm not trying to be arrogant. But... At first, I was going to say split the prize 50-50, so I get 50 bucks, you get 50 bucks. But if you're going to do a panic attack, I'm going to say, like, okay, you get 55, I get 45. Yeah. So add five more bucks for, for Lizzie's panic attack. Yeah, because I can turn from crying to hyperventilating pretty fast. Yeah. That's one. That's a pretty good skill that I have. Here's five extra dollars, Lizzie. Yeah, <laughs> for, your <laughs> for your trouble. <laughs> I mean, but it is pretty impressive that you can trigger the anxiety attack on command. We've got it. That's some emotional control, right? Yeah, and no, that's I, a talent. Yeah, I've got certain. 
I've I've got those 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 thought patterns are just it's like well a well just like deep grooves in my brain that can just follow that route. So anytime I start to get a little anxious, it's like, oh, let's go on the panic attack ride. Let's do that. Panic attack, panic attack ride. What's well, an attraction? Just, it is. That's what I, was, I pictured the train at the zoo, right? I yeah. was just like, it's pretty slow paced, but kind of intense. I also have a panic attack if I ride roller coasters. So I could have a panic attack anytime, really. God, I can't even imagine what the panic attack train would be like at the Louisville <laughs> Zoo. Like, what would be on that, like, ride? <laughs> You're no, going like, through water upside the, uh, down. It has to be really shaky. Yeah. And like wet, so it feels like you're just like sweating the whole time and shaking. There's a live bear somewhere in the vicinity. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's Indiana Jones in his snake pit. You're like, where did you come from? You're not in Louisville. <laughs> yeah. That could be its own podcast. What does your anxiety train feel like? There's your loved ones yelling at you from a distance. (laughs) I'm disappointed in you. That thing you said actually did really bother me, and I hate you now. (laughs) I was up all night thinking about it, too, in a negative way. You're like, this train ride sucks. Is there even a destination? There's no destination. It also never ends. No, the end is just like... there's like an an arch of just built out of Ativan bottles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... That's how the ride ends. <laughs> there you go. And the ride crashes every time. <laughs> <laughs> but then odd, oddly, magically, the next day is still standing. It's You're still like, ready but to I go. felt you burn down yesterday. <laughs> no, nope, yeah. ready to go again. It's gonna it's take a lot stopped. of scientific advances to make this happen, but. So Louisville Zoo people, if you're thinking about a ride, would be Louisville Zoo or would be like Kentucky Kingdom? (sighs) Honestly, both of them. I mean, we started with the zoo, but also like what happens if you accidentally roll by like meerkats? That's definitely immediate de-escalation. So I'm thinking Kentucky Kingdom. Yeah, if I'm seeing a cute animal, that's going to de-escalate my Mm -hmm. panic attack. Yeah, you got to be threatened with your life of an animal. (laughs) That's why I said like the bear is on the loose or whatever. But you can also do that at Kentucky Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Just some ideas for those people out there to think about new ride attractions. <laughs> we can, when they merge the state fair in Kentucky Kingdom, that's where it should be a state fair <laughs> yes, attraction. It should definitely be a state fair ride. <laughs> right, just one time a year so you get real like emotional reset. <laughs> yeah. No, this is great. It'll ra- we'll use it to raise awareness about, you know, mental health. It's just, yeah, guys. For those of you who haven't, here's what a panic attack feels like. You're welcome. Here, get on this train ride. You like your adrenaline? Try this. Honestly, though. <laughs> See how you like this. We're joking about this, but Facebook, as they're listening, is like, hey, you guys know how we're working on VR? I have a great idea. We <laughs> yeah. capitalize like crazy. <laughs> VR panic attack. <laughs> Okay, so we got off track from the business and the talent show. So now we're so talking now we're about gonna... a ride at the <laughs> Kingdom. And yeah, Little so we Zoo. yeah we may have discovered the next new ride, and you heard it here, folks. But <laughs> uh, we're gonna go into our first segment. How are you for real? So this is where we want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. How are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. Um, we want the deets because if you're doing well. I need to hear about those life hacks. If you're not doing so well, great. I'm usually not either. <laughs> I love hearing about that, too. So um, we're going to start with Sam. Do you want to start? I don't know. I thought for some reason I thought that that was me. I thought that. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, Sam. All right. It's your turn. See, here we go. We usually we don't throw the guests under first, but you're you're a podcaster. So I'm going to I'm going to throw you under the bus first. Well, I'm a podcaster. And the reason I'm here, neurodivergent. So withholding like 
it would literally, I probably wouldn't have been able to focus to the either of you because I would have been like, let me talk. I'm excited. I want to talk. So how are you for real? Well, I want to preface this with saying because I do have ADHD, I will get off topic and I will be talking about attraction rides and replanning how to function society when I'm trying to make a point. So I need both of you to pull me back. Okay. And that's a very important part of my mental health because I don't want to walk away from this and being like, oh God, that was awful. So if you guys, I ask that you keep me in check and that is a segue into my mental health. I'm learning how to ask for accommodations and as scary as it is, I feel more liberated. Um, I started treating ADHD in November. I feel more liberated in the last few months than I have in my whole life. Um, learning, so I have always needed to put a name behind what I felt. And um, I knew that it wasn't depression. I knew it wasn't anxiety. Uh, and so finding out that it was ADHD makes me feel good. Like, there's a lot of people that when they find out they're neurodivergent feel devastated. And I have seen the way that I've thrived and seen my successes and accomplishments from a, from an outside perspective, no longer being a perfectionist. So I'm actually, to tell the truth, at the best point I've ever been in my whole life, which is kind of, I don't nice. know, like, I feel like a lot of people come in here to talk about the real authenticity of not being okay. Um, but I'm like, kind of like, I've worked so many years, 15 years of cognitive behavioral therapy, three months of ACT therapy, and being like, oh, CBT isn't for everyone. So yeah. um, I'm doing great. That's great to hear. Yeah. And you've, you've been my rock lately, so mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm glad that you're doing so great when I've been doing so crappy because, yeah. And I can see that you're doing really well. Like, I think you just, yeah, you kind of are in your element. Like, you figured some stuff out, and that's a really good feeling. It is. When you just understand your own brain mm -hmm. for the first time. It is. Cool. Well, so, Lizzie. I'm next. How are you for real? So I'm excited for this question today because I am actually doing better. Hey yo. I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying that I'm great or anything, but um I did I talked to my my pill doctor, my <laughs> prescriber. Um she's a social worker, so I can't really call her a doctor. Um But her official title is pill doctor. Yeah, she's the pill lady. Yeah. She's my pill lady. <laughs> And I talked to my pill lady, and she was like, yeah, these reactions you're having to the mood stabilizers, like, the the fact that it was lasting for, like, a month when I had only decreased it 20 milligrams, and the fact that it was, like, so extreme, she was like, I'm actually going to really recommend that we just increase you back up to your normal dosage, because in this process, we have learned that this pill is doing something for you, so that, like rapid mood cycling I was having and um, and just the severe anxiety that I was experiencing from the chemical changes. Um, it was just basically like, this is not a good, like she, she just, un she was seeing what I was telling her, which is that I just had become non-functional. And I, I've talked about it on the show. Like I couldn't, didn't want to eat, didn't feel like cooking at all. Didn't really feel like, eating at all either I just kind of forced myself to um like everything felt so hard and I also had this like extreme self-consciousness where I was just like I felt like I couldn't even talk because I was just so like overly concerned all the time like just overly self-conscious and was even like 
just waking up and having these like super anxious feelings about like past events like way past events and like beating myself up about them like my brain was just like attacking itself so she increased me on the mood stabilizers which in some way is like defeat for me because i really wanted to go off of those and it's just not the right time for me but ever since she increased me I'm feeling like myself again. I feel like a human again. I'm, I have an appetite. Um, I cooked a meal the other night, nice. cooked some chicken fajitas. Nice. Um, and like did grocery shopping and actually went to the office a couple days last week because I realized that part of my, I saw this meme that was like, I can't wait for my seasonal depression to meet my covid depression <laughs> and it's like that's that's kind of been my one of my biggest things is that my covid and my seasonal depression are just really bad and mm-hmm. i'm isolating myself a lot more working from home so i realized that it actually would be good for me to get some of the structure back of going to the office mm-hmm. so i actually went to the office a couple of days last week and the first day i actually like it felt so good you guys, like, getting in there and seeing, like, my favorite librarian who's just, like, just always down to chat first thing in the morning. I'll just, like, be sipping my coffee, and she's, like, telling me about her kids and whatever else. Like, just those, like, little work rituals and then having a calm, clean space. The clean is the main thing. Like, being away from my house where I'm always just distracted by like dishes in the sink or like laundry that needs to be done or you know whatever dog pee that I need to clean up <laughs> like it was so nice to just be in like a, a space that I don't have to clean that's just there waiting for me and um I had like the most productive day those two days were so productive compared to how I am at home so it felt really good so I'm going to start doing that um, just working at least a couple days a week in the office. And another good thing that happened is my nephew was born. Um, my sister Jenny had her baby, Holden Alexander Lucas. He is perfect. Um, it was a rough labor and delivery, but he made it, and uh, they're super happy. And I just got to hang out with them this morning and just hear about their new life, which is a lot of poop, guys. It's a mm. lot of poop and getting peed on. Well, that's fun. And yeah. no sleep, right? And no sleep. Yeah. Because mm. he, I guess babies only sleep for like, you know, they're kind of like cats. They just nap throughout the day and night, but they don't really have like a full eight hour stint that they sleep. Mm, and you, you've yeah. got to feed them every two to three hours. So that's so annoying. Like, just get on a schedule, kid. You know? Yeah, like, eat a normal amount. Like, what get a, on my level. It's so yeah. annoying and frustrating. So, yeah, yeah. So, Jenny's a former uh, guest on the show. She is. So, hopefully, one day we'll have Holden on the show. Oh, that would be so cute. I mean, like, bring him on. Okay, I saw this thing on TikTok where this little girl is three and she does her ABCs, but she does them as affirmations. So she's like, A means I'm awesome. B means I'm beautiful. Oh wow! So you can bring him on when he's like three and have him teaching your listeners. Cute. And hopefully he has like a a good sleep schedule set up by then. I mean, he's three. He'll have something. He'll definitely have a solid schedule by then. Yeah, sleeping schedule. Like hopefully that's worked out. Yeah. So new life, and I feel like I have new life too, just from being on a pill that apparently was doing something for me. So I learned that, 
and later when I, you know, have to go off of them, if I have to go off of them, it would be if I wanted to get pregnant, I would need to go off of them. Um, so I have a question. If that happens, then I will be ready for it. I now know I would just, it would be like ripping off a bandaid. I would just do it. I would tell everybody, look, I'm going to be a mess for the next, you know, month and a half, two months, however long it is. And, um, yeah. Do you have an emotional reaction to the fact that you know that this pill actually does something for you? Do you kind of feel more valid being on it? Do you, did you have an emotional reaction to finding out that this pill is actually working for you? I kind of did. And it was, it was kind of negative at first, um, just because I, I, it was frustrating for me because I found out that I don't have bipolar Mm -hmm. from the psych assessments that I did. So it's frustrating for me to think that just naturally that I'm moody enough that a mood stabilizer helps, but I've reflected on it since then. And when I first started seeing the psychiatrist who prescribed it to me, I told her I was, my moods were just taking over my life, that it was like every other day is a great day and every other day is horrible. So she was like, well, that sounds like rapid cycling. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've just had to make sense of the fact that like, yeah, I don't have bipolar, but you know, my moods do get in the way of my life sometimes. And so this is a drug that helps with that. And, you know, I think, I don't think I'll need to be on it forever. I would like to go off of it at some point just to get to my, my own, ride out my own moods again Mm -hmm. and see what that's like. But, um, it's just not the right time. I'm not going to do it during a pandemic Mm-mm. next time. Uh, I'm not going to do it when I'm super socially isolated uh, as far as like working from home and everything. It was just a perfect storm. I feel like mental health changes are something that you have to be in the right space for, right? We can have all these ideas, which is actually funny because your brain, you should never, when you are creative, when you're having the ideas, you should never actually execute the ideas. I don't remember why it's your circadian rhythm. But so, you know, you kind of know now, like you have these big ideas and then you find the space in your life when you're ready to practice them because you're not ready to practice them. It's not it's not healthy. It's not honestly, it's really not even sustainable. Right. Anything that you would anything that you accomplish during covid is probably not going to be sustainable uh, because life's just going to be so different. So taking and accepting that you have ups and downs. Right. Like, yeah, it's part of it. I hope that. You know, I'm glad that you found that now is not the right time and accepting that it's not a Lizzie problem. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Emery, how are you for real? You meant to call me Brad, by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brad. It's literally going to, it's going to haunt me forever. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing pretty good as, as Brad. Just Brad over here. My brother-in-law is actually, his name is Brad. Uh, so I am doing well. I had a nice weekend. Went on a couple walkie-talkies with friends and saw some other friends here and there. And uh, my roommate, he was vaccinated, received his first vaccination. My parents have both received their first vaccinations. That was exciting just to kind of alleviate some of that stress and anxiety with it and just to know, like, okay, we're making progress. This is moving forward. This is good Um, because we're not sure exactly when things will be, quote-unquote, normal, but I'm looking forward to that day, and I'm just glad to hear that more and more people are getting vaccinated and being safe mm-hmm. uh so that that has been very nice to have that kind of 
that picture in my head for the future. Uh, but overall, just doing fine. I, <clears throat> yeah, work is fine. Life is pretty good. Uh, it's just very much like, you know, when you transition to a new job, especially during a pandemic, it's super weird. But I've given myself a lot of grace and, you know, been very gentle with myself as far as remembering things or being like, okay, what, how do I do this? Or making sure to ask questions. Um, so that's been good as well because, I knew that was going to be challenging to transition to a new position during a pandemic and be like, oh, I literally have not even met the people that interviewed me for the job. Like I just never met them in person. Hmm. And so that's awkward. Uh, but it's it's been fine. So, uh, yeah, I'd say overall pretty pretty decent. Floyd is good. He's been doing well. Little Floyd. Actually, Floyd is his cat. Floyd's my cat, yeah. It happened a couple nights ago. It was on Friday night. I got a little sad. I was getting a little, a little bummed out. And uh, it was after I hung out with a friend, and I, I don't really know what caused it, but he came up to me, and he was just overly affectionate. And Aww. overly, like, you know, wanted to, me to, he, like, even, like, laid on me and, like, put his body, like, near my neck. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, I don't know if he's trying to suffocate me or kill me or what. <laughs> but it was just like, he just, it's almost like he knew, like, Emery's not very happy right now. I'm just going to go cuddle with Emery and give him lots of love. And it was, it was pretty nice. So, good job, Floyd. He'll he'll listen to this. He'll, Floyd's he'll... gonna start charging you pretty soon. You watch out. <laughs> yeah, I know. We should bring Floyd on the show. He'd be a great guest. We should. <laughs> I can just capture his meow and just use it as a sound effect every once in a while. Just meow. And he doesn't really meow that much. He makes a little like little noise. Like he'll, it's, oh, I love that. It's uh like he'll like walk in the room and if you go to pet him, he'll go. Meow. Like, he'll just, like, do those little sounds, and they're really, really cute. Yeah. But now it seems like he only meows when he wants to play. Like, he's like, okay, Brennan and Emery, what are you doing? I'm going to walk down the hallway and just randomly meow, because that's how you all will come to me. And then we'll just play with his little toys or whatever, and he has a good time. Little Floyd. Can you imagine the liberation, though, of just walking in the room and being like, hey, guys, I need some attention right now. Can we, like, play a game or can you support me? Like, we don't get to do that. But a cat just walks in and is like, hey, I need you. Like, yeah. no regard for what you're doing. Just yeah. ta- basically taps you on the shoulder like, hey, come play with me. So we're playing, right? Because I got to sleep after this. So you got to listen to my schedule. We're playtime. And, of course, like, you know, working from home, you're like, Okay, well, I could keep looking at this computer, or I could look at this really cute cat and play a game with him. So, I wonder how more productive you are, though, after coming back from playing with the cat. So, that 15 minutes, I mean, if we're honest, like 45 minutes that you played with your cat, I wonder if you Three come back. Three and a half hours. <laughs> look, I was trying to save some face. <laughs> but I wonder if you do come back and probably, I mean, science says it, right? Like, we all see studies that we want to believe, right? Oh, I'm more productive for sure. Yeah. So, it's just. I, for me, in what I do, working from home has been life-changing. Yeah, they said, I mean, when I was teaching and they would talk about with students, like, how valuable recess or just a little bit of playtime was for their brains. And, like, mm-hmm. we would do, like, brain breaks. We're like, okay, let's play a little game because their brains are exhausted from what they've been doing. And it kind of rejuvenates and refreshes it. And so they can come back and be mm-hmm. killing it on their little assignment. See, I'm bad at that. When I really am focused on working, that sometimes I... I can be bad at taking those brain breaks. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm unfocused, then I take tons of breaks. But if I really am like in the zone with something, I will like lose track of time and just suddenly be like, oh, my gosh. I'll be like realize I'm like three inches from my computer screen. I'm like, (laughs) I need to back up out of this and like I wonder if it could be like get back to life. The brain breaks that we had in school, they were like the kids didn't know what they were going to be. 
So it's like something we could just make up. I wonder if someone could just make up random brain breaks for you and just send them to you and be like, hey, make sure you take five minutes to do this. And it's just like, it could be like thinking of like a funny story from your past or something. It could be so many different things. Yeah. But you know, because then it could just be kind of fun too. You're like, oh, Sam's sending me a little brain break. Um, well, and there's for specifically for people with ADHD, because I'm hyper fixated on it. So it's all I'll talk about right now. But a pretty consistent doctors have kind of said a pretty consistent schedule for an ADHD brain and neurodivergent is 10 minutes of focus, three minutes of rest. And then when you have that three minutes, you can go back into your so attention in essentially you have like a, a cup, right? And so we can't let our cup get over 50 because we'll go from 50 to zero like your iPhone, like yeah. you'll go from 50 to zero and two TikToks. And so that might be, I don't know what it would be for a neurotypical brain, but most people suffering mental health tend to be neurodivergent. So maybe trying to set dual for what you work, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll try 12 minutes. I'll try 15. And then I set a timer. Like when I have to do really hard tasks, I'll set a 10, three timer, but Siri shortcut. Nice. That makes sense. That's awesome. All right. Well, we got to take a quick break. Um, So BRB. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nights in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nights in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back. We missed you guys, as always. It was a lonely, lonely time. It sucked. We can just be honest about it. It sucked. We don't like it. Yeah. But we're back now. And uh, we got a little more business before we go into our next segment. Emo? Yeah, before we dive in, uh, we've got to talk more about the talent show and pledge drive coming up. So I didn't mention at the beginning of the show, but there's a Zoom talent show where there's a $100 cash prize. Uh, so big money, and then there's also a pledge drive. So we're going to be celebrating, Ford Radio celebrating its fourth birthday. Big four years old. Right. Um, we have a pledge drive from March 27th through April 9th. And then the talent show is April 10th at 7 p.m. And you can sign up now to enter WFMP's virtual talent show. It could be singing, acting, dramatic reading, magic tricks, storytelling, art, as in painting, drawing, sculpting, etc., Fashion, whether human or pet or mask cooking or mask cooking. Well, God, man, I've read this wrong. <laughs> I'm terrible. Not at this. mask cooking. Yeah. <laughs> cooking. I mean, but in 2021, it is mask but, hey. but cooking. You could do cooking if you made some cool dish or whatever. Yeah. Almost anything you can come up with. We're just looking for talents. <laughs> what just, about scrapbooking? Don't let Lizzie, yeah, don't let Lizzie and Brad win with our uh, crying. Um, yeah. But this is a chance to get those creative juices flowing and shine. $100 cash price. So the restrictions, you must be under four minutes, uh, must have decent audio-video connectivity to their internet device, no foul language or gestures, 
And deadline to enter is March 20th, although only 12 contestants will be selected. So the sooner you enter, the better. So go to forwardradio.org and click on the underlined text in the upper right corner to get more details or to enter. Yeah, and with the pledge drive, they have some really great giveaway items. There's um, items that were hand-sewn by this group of refugee women who who sew these, like, they sew just lots of cool stuff. There's, like, a, what is it called? There was something that was, like, a kitchen scarf that mm. apparently has, like, towels on, hand towels on the end of it. Genius. I want that. Yeah. Um, so there's, like, lots of cool little giveaway items for the pledge drive, too. Yeah. So WFMP, well. all branded. Like, I think there's face masks and um, I can't remember what else. But, yeah, there's some good stuff. So donate and get some cool locally sewn products. We could put, like, headshots of us, like, signed headshots, <laughs> Lizzie and Emery, and we could sell those. Heck yeah. Can we do glamour shots with like an Please. apple green background, like yes. from the like the blue angel wings oh. <laughs> elementary school photos? Yes. I want the, either an apple green or a ruby red background. Mm-hmm. I won't settle for less. Okay, we'll do glamour shots. I have a demand though. I want these done mid crying and panic attack though i think oh, if you're gonna okay. do let's it make it right, authentic let's you wrap want, it all in together you want a glamour shot with me crying in the grammar <laughs> shot with the glamour shot i imagine your tear just like with an extra sparkle on it <laughs> <laughs> tell me that wouldn't go viral though right all now. right that's that's good i like i like a glamour shot <laughs> with a good. sparkling tear <laughs> oh yeah and there's also for the pledge drives there's somebody who can do uh, draw pictures of your pets, like really good illustrations of of your pets. So or there's you, some cool prizes. Or if you want really bad illustrations, I'll draw pictures <laughs> yeah. of your pets. I can draw some bad stick figures and <laughs> just <yeah>. some circles. <laughs> okay, so that's so anyway. none of that. We're gonna okay. So I just had to. Yeah, yeah, got the business out of the way. So now we're gonna dive into Sam's brain. Mm. Okay. And yeah, I just want to hear about your experience with the recent ADHD diagnosis um, and kind of how you've been coping with that and what that's done for you and yeah, just all of it. Okay. So um, as I was saying earlier, you um, kind of had a, a bout of where you got diagnosed with ADHD, which we later learned was a misdiagnosis, maybe. Um, yeah. The thing with ADHD, ever sure. The thing with ADHD though is it's so poorly researched and so poorly named that um, people don't really they hyper focus on oddly enough the um, the hyperactivity of the ADHD, which is kind of stupid. Because um, that's usually not you only see that in like kids typically, right? In male kids, um, because of societal expectations. Now there are some links to genetics and ADHD that are not well researched. So uh, the professor that I follow, um, Russell Barkley, uh, PhD, he, he, they're in the process of studying how gender affects ADHD. But right now it's a societal standard. Uh, seven-year-old Emery could fidget and bounce. Seven-year-old Lizzie could not. You had to be a lady and you had to sit and be quiet. Mm. So hyperactivity rarely presents in females. We tend to be more inattentive because there's uh, hyperactivity or, uh, yeah, where it's uh, attention deficit hyperactivity and attention deficit uh, inattentive, inattentive. And then me that's combined both hyperactive and inattentive, which sucks. Mm. Yeah. So um, I, 
as I was saying at the top of the show, I feel very liberated and it's, it's, I've had a quest to know why, but I have a quest to know why everything. And that's kind of what makes me a great crisis counselor. Cause I just sit with people and go, why? Well, it feels bad. Okay. But why? Let's, let's get to the bottom of it, um, which is more therapy, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and so I just had to know why. And so you, you dig and you research and it's not anxiety and it's not depression. I don't fit all this criteria. So then as a female, when you go in, I went in, I think roughly 27 after you were like, I have this. And cause essentially emotionally we are the same person. Yeah. Um, we go through the same cycles and we both kind of have all gone through the same. Is it this, is it that? And both being like, well, I feel this. So it has to be true for you. Um, I was speaking to Lizzie. God, why am I so bad at that? <laughs> um, and so I, I got this diagnosis and I tried uh, medication and it did not work for me because I was over medicated. My dosage was way too high. It turns out that I have to have like a lower than recommended dose. Um, so I, it just kind of gives me freedom because literally my brain is smaller than a neurotypical person's brain. My brain works differently. So instead of that I'm lazy, and I know both of you have these inner critics that are like, you're lazy, get up, go clean the dishes. Why are you not cleaning the dishes? The dishes are right there. You're doing nothing. Clean the dishes, right? We all have that. Mm -hmm. um, but people with ADHD um, tend to melt down, and then I can't do the dishes because I'm being so mean to myself because just to, for me to do the dishes, I've, I've got to unload the dishwasher. And then when I unload the dishwasher, I walk to the stove, and there's still a pan on the stove, so then i got to clean it out, and then i got to take the trash out. And I know that everybody does that, right? But I don't have the ability to understand that I'm not in control of my actions. Whereas one of you could be like, okay, I, the trash will go out, but let me focus on the dishes. Neurotypical or neurodivergent people tend to be like, I got to do all this. And so when you go to do the dishes, those 87 steps present themselves to you next, because that's just how our brains work. Everything, I'm 15 steps ahead. And so uh, you just don't do it. And then you feel bad because, you know, we have this expectation, especially women, um, maybe you could attest to men, uh, to have a cleanly house, to have a nice organized, uh, people have to walk in and there's no clutter. The best advice I've got since ADHD is store it where you use it. So I, mm. I have sanitary napkins that are not in the bathroom. I have, uh, I store bobby pins on my um, side table at, in my living room. So instead of creating like mass clutter, I just have a few designated areas for clutter. Mm. And so, but that's not socially acceptable, right? Especially for a woman who likes to host, um, it's not socially acceptable. And kind of where I'm at in my life is like, oh, well, I'm, I'm no longer, I've spent 34 years living to please everybody else. And so now I'm focusing on what I need. Yeah, which I think is great. I love this whole journey for you and what it's been like because i can tell like you're so much more confident and just assertive and what you need mm -hmm. and like who cares if you have bobby pins in the living room right if i go to somebody's house i don't care if they have bobby pins in their living room that's their business mm -hmm. i would care more i would be more self-conscious if it was me right like because we all put that pressure on ourselves yeah. of like I, my house needs to look this certain way because other people might think that. Mm -hmm. But how often are you judging other people when you're in their house? Well, Not we, that often. Yeah, we have a group of mutual friends that like to host back when you could host big gatherings. And I remember going to their bathroom and their bathroom not being clean. Like there was probably hair 
a quarter of an inch thick and you don't care because you still love those people and you're still having the time of your life at your house and then you're like that's just not an expectation we have to have but things like cleaning and things like your appearance to the outside world really uh crush you there's this um this guy I like, his name's Jonathan Hare, like H-A-I, not H-A-R, H-I-A-R or something. Um, and he says that he, for for most people, does not believe that depression is a chemical imbalance. He believes it's a societal imbalance, that we're societally depressed. Hmm. And I personally subscribe to that because after I took those societal expectations off myself, I was like, I like me. I'm sitting alone in my craft room and I'm having fun with myself. And I think part of why quarantine has been so hard for everybody is we've never been taught how to do that. As as an American child, you don't get to just sit and have fun with yourself. Um, we're yeah. being babysit by the TV. We're playing video games. Like, we're not taught to know ourselves. And that's the journey I'm on is learning who I am and, yeah. and cultivating who I want to be. Hmm. Yeah. And, like, when you when you think back on it, how do you think – learning this diagnosis earlier could have helped you like if you think back to like hard moments in your life or just things that are there things that you look back on that you're like wow I was so ADHD and I just didn't even I didn't realize it yeah it's it's funny because the the most what I believe is the best lesson a human can learn is to say I was wrong um and so looking back I'm just like because you can reflect, right? When you learn that it's okay to be wrong, then you're not afraid to reflect on those moments. And so I, uh, what was the question? Oh, just like looking back okay. on your experiences now that you know you have ADHD, mm -hmm. are there things that like you wish you had known at that, like wishing you had known you had ADHD at that time so that you could have maybe understood the struggles a little bit more? I wish that I would have known that you could go to college with a 504 plan or an IEP. Um, that's what it's called in Kentucky. I think every state has it. I wish that I would have known when I was at a different place in my life when education mattered to me um, that I could have gone into that school and demanded accommodations and said, I don't learn the way you learn. I'm probably smarter than you, um, which is, is ADHD people tend to be hyperintelligent because we absorb facts and you know, absorb things differently. And so I wish that I would have known that I could have been successful, uh, that I had it in me. I wish I could have believed that I wasn't stupid. As I remember, you used to talk crap to yourself all the time mm -hmm. and say you were stupid. And I'm like, you're not. I, <laughs> I talk to you eight hours a day, five days a week. You're not stupid. You're smart. Yeah. <laughs> but you would never believe me. Mm -hmm. Well, And it's because I have very poor reading comprehension. Like we were talking earlier about an email that uh, Emery would have sent me. And I was like, I even if I read that email, I wouldn't have comprehended it. That knowledge wouldn't have stayed with me, which is why neurodivergent, ten neurodivergent people tend to be hyper intelligent, but poor, like really bad in school. Because I don't want to learn. I could sit here and actually learn information, but I won't retain it unless I want to. And I don't want to retain any information from sixth grade up. It's just not relevant to my life. And I could probably be, this is so arrogant, but I'm going to say it, I could be an amazing neurodivergent diagnostician, but nobody gave me that opportunity because I can't pass an English class. 
Where it seems like you retain information really well from videos as opposed to from reading. Mm-hmm. Like you, you retain a ton more from videos than I do, mm-hmm. unless unless there's subtitles, then I oddly will retain more. I need the actual written text because mm-hmm. I'm kind of the opposite. I need to see things written out. Yeah. I, and I, I, it's so, it's funny, like Dr. Russell Barkley, like again, my arrogance, but I don't care. I'm going to my psychiatrist on, um, sometime in April and being like, I need to know you're continuing education on ADHD. I need to know that you know more about ADHD as a condition than I do, because I've listened to a hundred hours of presentations from real PhDs that have researched this. And I need somebody on my level with the knowledge of how my brain works and uh, call me arrogant, but. He's not studying ADHD. He's studying psychiatry. So that's where I stand. Good for you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Which also, like, did you guys know that you could demand what you want out of your doctors? Like, you don't have to just stay at a doctor. Yeah. It's it's real. Um, I, I tend to get... I realize I'm kind of bad with just getting, like, the white coat syndrome and just being too afraid Me too. to assert myself. I need to be better about that. But you're totally right. This is all hypothetical. I'm going to probably, in my head, I'm like, tell me you're, and I'm going to be like, can you please tell me? I'm so sorry to ask this, but, like, I really need to know. I'm sorry, but what is your education? Like, I'm not going to be assertive. I'm still going to be scared and still have rejection sensitivity. And But I just, I'll be happier if I know. Uh, my motto is, like, I can be uncomfortable in a single moment to make my life better. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Well, we're actually round about that time where we need to start thinking about gratitudes. Okay. Um, which I forgot to, sorry, I forgot to mention. <laughs> I can, I, context helps me figure it out. Um, so gratitudes is where we talk about the stuff that is giving us life, you know, making us feel hopeful. Uh, because we, on the show, we want to talk about, like, the gritty stuff and the bad stuff, but we also want to talk about what's good. And a gratitude practice is really helpful for any sort of like, you know, just mental health awareness is just keeping that, that gratitude in check. So, um, gratitudes guys. I can go, Mm -hmm. uh, grateful for the cat Floyd when I got really sad, he's my little comfort. Um, also really grateful. I'm actually, surprisingly, I'm going to surprise you here, Lizzie. I am grateful for the sunny, warm weather. Uh, I am very much a gloom and doom, dark, cold person. Uh, but I was like, you know what? This is kind of nice. And I noticed it puts a lot of people in good moods. Mm -hmm. And that, that actually, I think helps overall with everyone. I just noticed like roommate and friends and some family members, like they just seem to be a little more perky and, you know, they, they, they feel better. So I think that helps me too. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm trying to be more open-minded to the sun and the warmth. Um, so I'm trying to enjoy it more. So yeah, I'm grateful, grateful for that as well. So just throwing a little curveball for you. Yeah, that's nice that you like it because it's affecting other people well. Like, it's pulling other people around you out of their own maybe, like, seasonal depression stuff. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, yeah, and I I feel bad whenever, it like, with seasonal depression, part of me is like, oh, well, welcome to how I feel every day. (laughs) But then I'm like, you know, I really, I don't want them to struggle. I don't want them to go through that. So if this can make them happier and have a better time and enjoy life more, like, I'm cool with it. So I'm happy for them. That's good. It's a good gratitude. What about you, Sam? 
I, as corny as it sounds, I'm actually grateful for people that, lay people who have their own experiences and their own anecdotal evidence that are willing to educate. Um, you guys are educating every day on mental health and vulnerability, and I think our biggest influences in life are community sharing. You know, when you, if you stood up and said something in a crowded room, there'd be 20 people that identified with you that maybe your one movement might give them the strength to do the same thing. And then mm -hmm. it's just, you know, much like the virus spreads, you know, like the R not or whatever, your two people affects. And I really believe that, you know, kind of pay it forward. And so I'm thankful for people willing to share their dirty, nasty awfulness to help educate people that didn't have a different way of learning. I didn't have a way of learning my whole life. And so I'm grateful now that I have to know that there are different people to educate for different learners. Yeah. Nice. That's a good one. Um, I am grateful for my baby nephew. Mm -hmm. uh, he's pretty perfect, and I'm excited to be his cool Aunt Lizzie. Is this your first nibbling? This is my second nibbling. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, both nephews, which is weird because my family, it's uh, I have two sisters and a brother, and so far we our offspring have been male so it's kind of reversing the pattern from the previous generation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but very grateful and happy that my sister came out healthy and that she's in good spirits and her and her husband are just so happy so in love with this baby and mm -hmm. um being around that is really just gives me life it just makes me feel good to to see that they're just plunged into this like whole new world it's like it's crazy just seeing it's kind of wild seeing this baby to come out of two people that you love it's like I, I think that I've in this case like I'm since I'm so close to both of them it made it like really just like super meaningful to me to see what this baby looked like and just to see like right now he really looks like Neil um, which I heard is like this kind of low key, uh, crappy thing that babies do is like look more like the dad. So the dad will emotionally attach to them because <laughs> the mom's already emotionally attached to them. It's just like an, <laughs> it's just like an old wives tale. I think that the babies always look more like the dad. So the dads will stick around, <laughs> um, but that's, uh, so far he does, he does look like Neil. Um, but yeah, I'm grateful for him and for them. And I am really grateful that my brain is stabilizing, um, because it got really rough there for a minute. And I think honestly, I honestly think the past, uh, months, well, the past week has been good, but the month before that was one of the worst months of my life. I really, it just... I can't even explain it, but like, I think Emery, like you, you saw it a lot mm -hmm. and you saw it too, Sam, just, I just wasn't myself. Like there was just, it was such an odd feeling and I felt so distanced from myself and just so like also ashamed at the same time that I wasn't able to do things and I wasn't, and, and now that I kind of feel like I'm that fog has lifted. It's, it's not to say that I'm like ecstatic all the time or that my problems are solved. Like still have anxiety, still have depression, but it's just not to the level that it's interfering with my life significantly the way that it was. So 
Thank goodness. Yeah, it just it also just reassures you and shows you that you've you get through those days. You've gotten mm-hmm. through really bad days and you've gotten through all of your worst days already. So it just shows again you've done it. Yeah. And not having an expectation to have a good day every day. Like, yeah. okay, I can be miserable and still I have no underwear left. I'm at the point where I have to do laundry. I can still do that and be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. The fact like and and I'm celebrating little successes more and I'm yes. I'm realizing like how yeah, just how capable I actually am. Um, and mm-hmm. that's one thing, Sam, when I was in a really dark place, is you have helped put in context for me is just like, no, like, look at all the things you are doing. Like, even when I was at my lowest functioning for me, where I thought, man, I, I, I would have to be inpatient somewhere if it wasn't for Seth, because I just can't take care of myself. But you still even pointed out to me, like, the ways that I was still taking care of myself. And that made me feel like a little less crazy, like big C crazy to, <laughs> um, to be like, no, you know, even, even when I'm at my worst, like there's still a whole lot of people worse off than me. And just to be thankful for, mm-hmm. yeah, those little things. Well, pain doesn't have to be comparative. You get to, you get to not be great. Like, you, you are just allowed to be less than perfect, and your effort needs to be rewarded, not your outcome. Yeah. Effort for everyone is different. Uh, so we're going to do some quick business. Yeah, quick business. We have the WFMP Louisville 4 Radio has its upcoming pledge drive and talent show. The pledge drive is from March 27th through April 9th, and the talent show is April 10th at 7 p.m. Go to forwardradio.org for more information or to sign up. Cool. Sam, thank you so much for being in the studio today. It's been so much fun. Thank I you love you. Me. You're the best. I love you, too. Thank you for having yes, me. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas. 